Another edition of the Stealing Science Podcast. I'm Stevie, and as usual, I'm here with my good friend Josh. You can follow him on Twitter at JSponny. We are already well into the heart of fantasy baseball season, and today we are previewing a team with two or three interesting fantasy players. It is the Cincinnati Reds. How are you today, Josh? Doing great. Ready to talk about one a very exciting Cincinnati Reds team. So let's start with the most exciting part. Um, I know you are probably the biggest fan in the world of Joey Botto. So why don't you tell us a little bit about him? Oh, he's just the best. I, mean, I don't even know how much there is to say about the guy. He he is, at this point, I would say he's the most earned superstar in the game. I mean, this guy's a borderline Hall of Famer who is doing it in relative obscurity. Um, he just does everything well, and he is by far the best walk generator in the game on offense. Um, for career, he's at 16%. Last year, he's at 19%. His OBP was 454. I mean, guy's just a monster. All he does is get on base, and he's extremely underappreciated, and I think he's someone that... Uh, thankfully, he caught the beginning of kind of the OBP revolution, but he's someone who's going to be appreciated for a long time for what he does. Yeah, that 454 led the league last year, and I think people still don't know this is the guy that gets home base the most. Like, I know he's probably very respected among people like you and me, but then I think the mainstream fan still hasn't caught up with this dude but yeah, I, I I had that as a question. Do you think he's a Hall of Famer at this point, or what else does he have to do to, I guess, like say you get three or four more years of this level of production, does that make him a first ballot Hall of Famer? I think so. I think the the biggest thing he's got going for him is was it five years until you hit the ballot? So and he's going to play for at least another three or four, if not longer. Um, he could definitely be a DH in the AL probably for the next 20 years. Um, but, uh, I mean, he probably won't hit the Hall of Fame ballot for at least another maybe 10 years down the road. And by then, I mean, I have to think that the the BWAA is going to be full of guys in our demographic and not so much the people looking at hits and home runs and RBI to gauge value. And I don't – I think – I, I really hope that he makes the Hall of Fame because he is he's been one of the best OBP players basically since he came up and I think it's been relatively or proven relatively uh, definitively that OBP is the most or the best thing that a player can contribute on the offensive side of things and he's even chipped in decent defense uh, throughout his career so I mean I, I don't know I think he's someone who should be in the Hall of Fame and I really hope that he's not held out because he doesn't hit 500 home runs or get 3,000 hits or some bullshit like that. I think he should be too. And the other thing I think he has going for him that, that you know, people respect a lot is the consistency. So this has been a dude that has been doing it for, what, 10 years now? I mean, 2018, 297, 24 homers. 2009, 
322, 295 homers, 2010, 324, 37 homers, 2011, 309, 29 homers. I mean, I think I could go on. The only season where he doesn't hit above 24 or 25 is 2012, where he had 14 but missed some time. But I think healthy bottom basically means... 310, 30 bombs, 100 scored, 100 RBIs, maybe five stolen bases. So, um, hard to find them as consistent as and and as professional as this guy. Yeah, I mean, not to mention the OBP in those years. I mean, he's had in his last what six years he had one OBP before below uh, even 430, and it was a 390, which is still pretty damn good. Uh, and that, that was a year that was largely driven um, by some bad bad bip luck so he all he does is get on base and in an obp league he is a first round pick and even in the average league he's probably not a first round pick but he's borderline i think he's he does everything well obviously he doesn't run a lot but i mean he's just money in the bank he, i think he's one of the safest picks his downside is still a top 20 season so let's talk about some of the pieces around him. I want to start with Eugenio Suarez. I think he had a very good year last year and people haven't caught up with him. So what do you think about Eugenio Suarez, Josh? He just got paid over the weekend. He just signed a massive deal. Uh, but I like him a lot. I've always been high on him. I thought he has always been kind of underrated. Um, and I've owned him frequently over the last couple of years. Uh, and it doesn't still, like you mentioned, it still doesn't seem like people have caught up. Uh, he was the 14th third baseman last year, and he's going as the 24th, uh, 200 overall, which I think is crazy. Um, if for no other reason, then right now the projecting batting or projected batting order is Suarez fourth, Vado is right ahead of him, aka the guy who's on base in baseball the most, and Jesse Winker is projected to bat second, who has never really had a season where his walk rate hasn't been at least 10 percent. So he's potentially going to have guys ahead of him virtually every single time he comes up to bat. And there are going to be people on the bases. I mean, I think the RBI upside here is probably 90 to 100. Uh, I mean, maybe if Suarez has a ridiculous year, it's 105, 110. Uh, But I mean, I think you're going to get 20 bombs, extreme RBI upside. The batting average might be... You know, somewhere in the 250s, 260s, but, uh, and there's really not too much speed here. But for where he's going, uh, I think it's ridiculous that he's not going any higher. I think there's an insane value on him this year. Yeah, I, I agree that the case for him starts with that ADP, and then the 200s, it's, it's, it's so cheap. Um, the other thing I really like about Suarez is he has been making adjustments and has become better through the years. So, for example, his walk rate went up from 4% to 8% and then last year to 13%, which is pretty respectable. And he kept his uh, strikeout rate around 23% in that in that three-year window. So, you know, a guy that's making adjustments and continues to grow, he... Uh, sustained the hard hit rate spike from 2016. He hit 24% line drives, I think, and he paired that up with 26 homers and only four stolen bases, but in 2016, that was 11, so that could still go up. And I don't think he's going to bat fourth. I think they're going to bat him second, probably behind Hamilton and ahead of 
bottle and some combination of Dubal and Gannett. I don't think they will give Winker that much time. I think they still want to see some Shebler after the power output he had last year. So I think he might bat second. Uh, that being said, I think he could score 100. Uh, so I think either way, there's going to be counting stats here for Suarez. So uh, agreed completely. The the draft price is still not there with the skill set. So this is a guy to own and to play as your corner infielder. Do you have another bat in this lineup that you like, Josh? Yeah, you actually just kind of mentioned him. I think Shebler is a very interesting guy. Right now, he is projected to start. I know there, there are four decent outfielders, uh, Duvall, Winker, Hamilton, Shebler. A decent might not be the right word with all of them. Uh, but there's four guys going for three spots, and it sounds like Duvall is going to hit the bench. Uh, so Shebler is kind of an interesting name. Um, just in that, he's going virtually undrafted at 358 overall. But... I think the power is somewhat legitimate. Uh, his home run fly ball was a little bit higher than 22% last year, which is clearly not going to repeat. Uh, but he, his his excuse me his fly ball rate jumped up 10%. His launch angle jumped up about 6%. So he's definitely making a, a conscious effort to hit more home runs, and that seems to have paid off with the 30. Um, he also is pretty good in exit velocities, 99th, which might not sound good, but that's in the upper third of the entire majors. Uh, the 16% line drive rate isn't ideal, and that's probably why his BABIP was sub-250. Uh, but if the BABIP jumps up a little bit, and his 233 average from last year jumps to 250, and he pops 25 home runs, and he's at this point kind of a free agent pickup in a standard uh, team league, I think there's extreme value in taking him as kind of you know, a last first or second or uh, second or last round pick, just someone who's just a flyer on power. Yeah, it's interesting because everything I've read points to the Reds kind of going for a four-man outfield rotation, but I don't know how they make that work. It seems to me that moving around, Billy Hamilton is not going to pay off. So I think Hamilton's going to get the most at center field, although Shevler can play some there. And then I have no idea who takes the bench. I think Dubal and Shevler are very similar. If not that Dubal has a little more time up and a little more track record of success. So I think Dubal has there kind of the upper hand. And then I guess it depends on what Winker does. So my problem with this fourth, guys, is I have no idea how the playing time is going to be distributed. So I'm not excited about buying any of them because of that uncertainty. Uh, lastly, speaking of guys I can't get ahead, my head around, I have no idea what to make of Scooter Gannett. So I'm hoping you can give us some clarity here. He nearly doubled his... Home run per fly ball last year, so he hit 27 bombs, and then his BABIP went up along with his average. He had a pretty interesting year, 295, 27 bombs, 80 scored, 97 RBI. So um, what do you think about Gannett this year? Do you think he can repeat somewhere similar to last year? Uh, I'd, be, I'd be shocked. Uh, there, there's just not a lot saying that anything he did last year is real. Uh, you already mentioned some of them, but 
his launch angle is about 14 degrees, and that didn't really change last year. Uh, his fly ball rate went up about 3%, and yet he doubled his home run for fly ball. And it's not like he was going from, um, you know, an extreme pitcher's park to GAB. Like, he's going from Miller to Great American, both very good home run parks. So, I, I, I think the home runs are just a complete farce. And, I mean, what, he had four in the one game. So, I mean, if we, even if we knock that one game off, uh, 27 drops down to 23, which seems a lot more legitimate. But... I think I'd be shocked if he even broke 20. I, I, just, I don't think there's a lot here. Uh, he's not a great exit velocity guy. He's not an extreme fly ball guy. Yeah, I, I just I don't buy that anything he did last year is repeatable. And even the average, uh, the 339 Babbitt seems just – everything just broke right for him last year because, uh, again, exit velocity is not there. He only had 20% line drives. So I, I would stay very, very far away. If you draft him expecting anything even remotely close last year, I just, I just don't see a way it happens unless all the luck um, ends up within his body again. Yeah, I am staying away too. And I think it's because the Reds are giving us all the clues that they don't believe in him. Uh, two, mainly. One, you just mentioned Eugenio Suarez just got paid which means he is going to block the best prospect on this team, who is Nick Sensel. And then number two, Sensel has been getting a lot of reps at second base and shortstop throughout spring training. So I think the odd man out when they are ready to call up Sensel is Gannett. So um, yeah, agreed. He is a guy to avoid. But let's move on to the guy we really want to talk about. Uh, Luis Castillo is probably the ace in this rotation. So I will let you start uh, because I'm, I'm not completely sure how to attack this Castillo profile. So what do you think about Castillo this year, Josh? I mean, yeah, he's he's super interesting. Um, yeah, interesting is the perfect word. Yeah. And there's like a lot of... Yeah, I'll, I'll continue. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's uh, it's tough to make a lot of him, or just because last year was eighty nine innings. Um, a lot of the things he did, he didn't exactly do in the minors. Uh, particularly his K rate being twenty seven percent. He hadn't had anything even close to that in both high A and double A. So he's he's tough. I, I think if in his eighty nine inning sample, everything he did seems legitimate. Um, even the 27% K is a 12.6 swing strike. Uh, he has two pitches that are very good at missing bats. Uh, his changeup and a slider were both above 38% whips per swing. Uh, they both allowed a slugging percentage under 0.2 and an ISO under 0.07. So both of those pitches are virtually unhittable and they're both excellent at missing bats. So he clearly has two just lights out, um, out pitches. Uh, but Again, this sample size is really small, and he hadn't really done anything quite like this anywhere else. Um, one thing he does really have going for him is the 17.2 home run per fly ball. Even in GAB, that's probably a little inflated. So if that comes down a little bit, um, it's obviously going to help out his ERA. Uh, I mean, I think I'm willing to go down with the ship on him just because what he did last year, there's nothing here that says that this is not repeatable. Uh, even if it fluctuates a little bit, maybe the K rate drops, walk rate ticks up a tiny bit. Uh, but either way, I think he's by far the best pitcher on this team. 
they're they're going to give him every opportunity to start as many games as possible, barring health. And he's going 139th overall, which is right in the spot where I'm going to start taking starting pitchers. And I think he's someone, uh, just in the off chance, he can do what he did last year, over 180 innings. Uh, I want to own him. All right. Uh, a lot to dissect there. Uh, so let me first start by saying you said he never showed that K percentage anywhere in the minors. Uh, what I think will regress hardly is that ground ball percentage. It was nearly 60% last year, and there's nothing in this profile to suggest that. He had, on the same sample size, a 40% ground ball percentage in AA last year. So I think that is going to go down a lot. And as you know, I'm a guy that looks for a high ground ball percentage because of the floor. So uh, when you're factoring in that, that underlying metrics there, they come with a very high ground ball percentage. So I think that is what is going to go down. Um, I also agree that that home run per fly ball is going to go down, but I don't think it's going to go down that much. I think that's where the big growing pains are going to come. And uh, there's a very interesting article from Nick Polak on Pitcher List. And it's basically... Uh, him dissecting one Luis Castillo start with Gibbs. And I think it's a perfect kind of analysis because he shows that his fastball stays in the middle sometimes. And you can't do that with major league hitters. They're going to punish you. So I I love Castillo. I, I mean, I guess you and I love guys with very high K upside. And that's the kind of pitcher we usually target. So... I will first start by saying I love Castillo. I just traded for him on a on a dynasty salary league cap because he had a very useful contract. So this is not a guy I'm completely out on. That being said, I still think there's a very wide range of outcomes this year. And the market might price me out. So for example, uh, if you're still not familiar with what the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational is, uh, Justin Mason put together 13 leagues with 15 uh, fantasy experts, well, experts and me, uh, to draft uh, teams. And uh, so someone compiled stats for that. And Luis Castillo went on average at peak 76.8. The high was 61 and the low was 90. So... At that price, I am completely out. I'm not interested in drafting Castillo there in the 70s. But uh, I keep seeing ADPs of 140. And at 140, absolutely, yes, buying. Particularly if you are getting him behind a guy. Uh, like you mentioned, that's around the time where you and I usually start drafting pitchers. So if, say if I go Price or Strowman a couple of rounds, a, a couple of rounds earlier... And I can get Castillo there at around 140, then yes, absolutely. But if the price is going to be 70, 80, or 90, then no, I'm out. And I think next year is the year two on Castillo. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I agree with that. I, I Going as in the 70s, I don't think there's any way I'm willing to take the risk, especially not when guys like Nola, Paxton, and um, Tanaka, Archer are kind of all grouped in, you know, plus or minus 10 to 15 picks of that range. And those guys have a lot longer of a track record of sustained success where Castillo, it's still just 89 innings. 
Is there another arm in this rotation that intrigues you? There's there's a couple of interesting young arms here, so I want to know which one do you like the most, Josh? Oh my god, this is we're we're picking dead flowers right now. Um, I really don't like this rotation at all. Okay. Um, it's it's rough, but I think the guy I want to own is. It's either Descalfani or Finnegan, which sucks because both of them are hurt. Um, Descalfani has an oblique. Who knows when that'll be? He'll be fully healthy, and his injury history is pretty bad. Um, I think Finnegan is ultimately the guy I want to own, just because he has a bicep, which is also worrisome. But uh, the stuff is still pretty elite, and he's he's clearly they've traded for both of these guys recently. They clearly want to get them into the lineup. Um, and not just have them sit in the minors forever. Uh, so I think Finnegan has probably the highest upside out of this group, but it's it's pretty bad. And I, I don't know that – I think I'd draft Finnegan and stash him if a league has like four or five DL slots um, just as just a complete flyer. But I don't know if any of these other guys are really draftable outside of maybe Homer Bailey. No. Last year was so bad. No. I'm doing the Steve, Car- the Steve Carell at the office no gif on my mind. But like, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't touch them. I think just your your grueling fighting sounds here when describing this kind of funny <laughs> Bailey and Finnegan make the perfect case for me. I am much more interested in the back end of this rotation. I think I'm higher on Sal Romano than anyone you'll know. And there are... Okay, so there's not much upside here, uh, particularly because the Ks are never going to be crazy But with Romano. But I think the control is there. He had a 5% walk rate on an extended look in AA, and last year it was almost 10% in MLB. So I think there's like a, like a very clear suspect of what needs to be improved. But he had a 50% ground ball last year, and that gives him a pretty high floor, and that is that has been there throughout his minors career. And then uh, he made a lot of progress throughout the year. Uh, he had altogether a 10% walk rate, like I mentioned, but it was 6.2% in August and 8% in September. And then his uh, K rate was 19%. But it was 21 in August and again 19 in September. So uh, he was much better in the second half. Those uh, last two months exfips were 4.4 and 3.88. And I think there is some growth with this guy. And then I think he will get a rotation spot just because he has 15 strikeouts and two walks in 12 innings this spring training. And he costs absolutely nothing. He'll probably go undrafted in your league. He's the 197th starter of the board at 660-something. And so I think let him sit in your watch list, keep an eye there, and uh, maybe he improves. But the arm I like the most long-term is Tyler Malley. And I thought you would be higher on him. So maybe you can put some caution on my uh, eyes here, but I, I really like Male. What do you think of him, Josh? Yeah, so he's interesting, just in the sense he's been a control guy his, his whole career. Um, and Last year's walk rate was 12% in only 20 innings. So maybe there's something here, but the stuff just, it did not look that good last year uh, across a couple levels. 
Uh, even in AAA, is only a 21% K rate. I would like that to be higher. If, uh, I'm going to take a flyer on him. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just don't I don't know that there's a lot here. I, I think there could be if he makes some adjustments. Excuse me, adjustments. But his stuff didn't play up very well in the majors. Granted, super small sample size. Um, but he's really a two-pitch guy, fastball slider. That accounts for 90% of his pitches. Uh, that, that's going to be tough in the majors, uh, especially when he's throwing 60% fastballs in one of the best home run parks there is for hitters. I uh, coincidentally didn't give up a single home run in his 20 innings last year, but I have to think that would change over a larger sample. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I just don't know. I think maybe elsewhere or in a different environment, I'd be a little higher on him, but, uh, Unless he comes out with a better pit or a third pitch that he uses a little bit more and is more effective, I I don't trust that over a full season he's not going to get just creamed. I think what he did in Double A last year is what has me excited. So it was a twenty seven K rate and a five point three walk rate. Uh, that walk rate is his calling card, and that K rate was above career level. So I think uh, outlier. I don't know how much of an outlier, and he if he can repeat anywhere near that, say 23, 24 with that five walk rate, that is pretty good. Uh, he had a 2.5 pip on that stop. So I still think there's upside here, and again, I think he doesn't really cost all that much. So I am kind of interested in Marley. Uh, lastly, what do you think about this Squad as a whole, uh, Fangraphs has them projected for 72 wins. Five times has them at 74. Is there any bet here that intrigues you, Josh? Uh, I don't think I'd bet the under, but I do lean towards the under. I just This rotation, the, the pitching in general last year on this team was really bad. Um, they were 29th in ERA, 20, 29th in walks per nine. They were last in home runs per nine, which is not surprising. And that's that's just their starters. Their relief pitchers were just as bad. I think the bullpen might be slightly improved, if for no other reason than it's made up of a bunch of starting pitchers or failed starting pitchers. Uh, but, I mean, outside of the fact they have you know nine starting pitchers on their major league roster, a um, couple of which are going to be hurt. We already mentioned DeSclafani and fitting in. I, I don't know if there's any arm in this pen that's or in this rotation that's really – that I trust. Uh, Bailey, you're off of TJ Castillo. Again, just 89 innings were fantastic, but who knows? And then we got Romano, Stevenson, and Molly. I mean, who knows what we're going to get about get out of any of those guys? So I, I just I don't think this rotation is nearly good enough. And there's outside of Amir Garrett, who really struggled at times last year, I don't think there's a lot of help. Um, and I also think that this is a team that is. At some point, they have got to consider trading Votto, potentially have to consider trading someone like Hamilton, uh, and, and moving on from some of their older players and just rebuilding for the future. Because really, outside of Senzel and Shed Long, there's not a ton of elite talent in the minors here. And given where the division is currently and some of the moves the Brewers have made, if they want any hope of making the playoffs in the next four or five years, that they're going to have to do something. I agree with that last part strongly. I think they should tear this team apart. Uh, I like the Suarez contract in the sense that it's not backloaded, it's not front-loaded. It's kind of a balanced 
long-term contract. So I think they can build around him. And then there's, you said it, Sensel basically in the minors. And then they have enough lottery tickets where I think one or two of these arms will pan out. So there's like a, a small core here, but not enough to compete. So they kind of have to think about turning it up. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned Amir Garrett because I was forgetting him. It looks like he made some mechanical adjustments and has been looking pretty good in spring training. Uh, 11 strikeouts in nine innings. And so uh, there's enough pedigree here to not sleep on Garrett. So maybe keep an eye on him. And tomorrow we will be discussing a, a much more exciting team. It is the Atlanta Braves. I know you're excited about it, Josh. So what can you tease our listeners with? Ronald Acuna for MVP. Oh, he's going to be so good. I'm so excited. This team is so, the youngsters here, so good. So exciting. Opposite of the Reds. I will make a crazy prediction for the Braves on the next episode. Uh, but you'll have to tune in to know what it is. Josh, it has been a pleasure talking Luis Castillo with you today. Yeah, definitely. For more Stealing Signs, you can follow us on Twitter at Stealing Signs P. You can subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please give us a five-star review and a positive comment so that we may reach a bigger audience.